Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Pushkin. It's been 50 years since Black Sabbath released Iron Man, but its guitar riffs are still some of the hardest and darkest in rock history. While Black Sabbath is often given credit for creating heavy metal, none of its members had the success or longevity of their original frontman, Ozzy Osbourne. In the 80s, Ozzy successfully turned his Prince of Darkness alter ego into a decades-long career. With help from his manager and wife, Sharon Osbourne, Ozzy's released 11 solo albums, with seven of them going multi-platinum. They also created OzFest, a touring metal festival that became a mecca for metal fans everywhere, myself included. And of course, they had their pop culture crossover moment with the reality show, The Osbournes on MTV. Ozzy and Rick Rubin first met when Rick had just moved to L.A., and the two became fast friends. Their friendship eventually turned into Rick producing the last Black Sabbath record, the reunion album from 2013. Ozzy's mostly kept a low profile since then, but at 71, he's back to making music. He has a new album called Ordinary Man. It's his first solo album in a decade. Rick, Ozzy, and Sharon sat on the bus at Shangri-La to talk about the record and how a gift from his father turned an ordinary boy from Birmingham, England into the Prince of Darkness. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Ozzy and Sharon Osborne in conversation with Rick Rubin. They start things off talking about the track Ozzy did with Post Malone and Travis Scott, Take what you want. Did you hear the track Ozzy did with Post? Mm-mm. Oh, you've got to hear that. Yeah. And Travis Scott. Post Malone's a big shot now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. When Andrew comes, oh, I did a song with Post Malone. I said, who the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's so funny, you know? He's great, though. 
He's doing great. Yeah, yeah. I was stunned that it's just him on stage. Yeah. It's not a band. A band, no nothing, just yeah. him. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me your first memories of any performance. Anytime you, what was the first time you remember being on stage doing uh, music? I was in a band called The Prospectors because the singer was, it, it was sick. I'd never done a gig. I did a, a gig at Birmingham Fire Station. There's three, three firemen and a drunk in the audience. <laughs> I, you'd think I was going to be shot. I was so nervous to go on stage. Yeah, that was the first gig I think I ever did. Well, did then you I do cover in, songs or? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like blues, uh, like Stones, yeah, uh, them, um, yeah. you know. And it was um, back. I mean, I mean, the whole game has changed now. When we were, there's nowhere to play on it much anymore. I mean, we used to go to, we used to have, have when we were Sabbath, we we mess around with different names. It was. Part, like a polka top blues band, <laughs> uh, Earth, and then, then it, we wrote the song Black Sabbath, and then Jesus, why don't we call the band? And that was it then. How did the band come together? Well, I was I was in a band we called the Rare Ruby Geezer. I never did a gig with them. But the only reason I got gigs, I had a PA. And so Geezer and I said, I said to Geezer, I'm, I want to get out, so do I. And shortly around that time, Geezer and Bill, had a band called Mythology, and they'd been busted for smoking dope, <laughs> and they had to break up because it was like the curse. <laughs> so I used to go to the same school as Tony, and we didn't get on at school. It was like high school? Yeah. Mm. And um, one thing that's when we started, we originally had a saxophone player <laughs> and a bottle and a guitar player, like the... Because it was like the Fleetwood Mac, they were they were around, but the original Fleetwood Mac, yes, the blues, nothing the blues. So what Fleetwood they are Mac. now, yeah. what they ended up being. Yeah. I wish to go and see them. We'd go and see John Miles Blues Breakers, and there was a club in Birmingham called oh, I forgot the name of this club now. But we used to go in. We used to see um, uh, all these different bands, there, you know. I mean, I saw Candy there one time. I was like. An American band in Birmingham. I was going to freak out. How many? How many people would be in a club like that then? Not a great. There's seven hundred thousand at the most. Yeah. Then you then we had, there was a club, a few clubs in Birmingham. We used to go with our van full of equipment just in case the band never made it. And we'd go anybody. <laughs> we'd gone play for. Oh, I'm, I'm, we'd be standing for bands like ten years after Jethro Tull and a few other bands. Amazing. And then we played with Jets Hotel, and Tony got off at the gig, and then I, I remember thinking, oh, no, it's gone now. Because Tony was somewhere else for me. I mean, he still is. Yeah. I mean, there's Remarkable. nobody on the face no. of the earth that can come up with them riffs like the king, The king of the riffs. Oh, he's great. And then, you know, it was just... It's kind of... we. All, did, I he lived, ever, did he ever play with Jethro Hotel or no? I think he did a couple of TV things. He did a rock and roll, the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. Yes. Which was a televised thing. Yes. And then he did a couple of things. He didn't, we weren't with him too long. And he came back and he said, if we get our stuff together, I think we can do it. And I was like, fucking hell. He's so left cool. Jethro Puzzle <laughs> to come back to us. And, I, and that was a big jump, that was. But Tony's one of these guys, he hates being told what to do. Mm. He'll do it. 
he'll fucking punch him on the nose. If he, you know, I mean, I've seen him do it. You know, he's some. He hates me so. They told me I have to wear hats, and so he just went up for me. And but he's, he was, uh, but it was all everything was new. I mean, we'd get in the van, we played the Star Club Hamburg for like residency, but we had nothing to lose. It was exciting. Did, pe- did people like the band right away? Or no, were- no, no. We we <laughs> we we do like uh, at the Star Club. But it was a good training ground because you do forty five minutes on. And then another band would you'd go different every forty four back and forth. Yeah, so we do one set we blues songs, yeah. and Bill would do a drum solo for the one set. Tony would do a guitar solo for one. Set. I'd fuck around doing all this stuff and climbing ladders, painting my face, and just generally pissing about, you know. But it was a good experience. It was better than being in Birmingham, yeah. unemployed. You know, but, and so we just like lived from hand to mouth, and it was fun. Any band that I've ever been in, the earliest stages of the band have been the most fun because everybody's in the same boat. But that, we, the, 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 I, remember, I, I remember Jim Simpson, the original manager, saying, on the way down to the ferries today, ferry, we just stop off at the recording studio, Regent, Regent Sound, and record them songs you've been doing. So we just got there, set up, recording, went on our way. Two days, like two six hour sessions, twelve hours. So just like the live set, it basically. was a live set without the audience. Could even playing them live. Oh. So I remember coming back from Europe for Christmas, and then um, the manager says, "Come over, I got the artwork to show you." I mean, back then, to have a gatefold album sleeve was like the big thing. And when we saw that first album sleeve, we were like, "Fucking hell, what is this?" We've arrived just having the album. Yeah, it was so cool. And then the album came out, and we heard the album with the because when we recorded it, we never had the effects like the thunder, the weird voice effects, and whatever. And it was just amazing. And then I'm in a club, and I'm on my first advance was one hundred and five pounds. I thought I never thought I'd see that much money. <laughs> So I'm in a club and this guy comes to me and he goes, Ozzy, he says, I've got some good news to tell you. I said, what's that? He says, your album enters the British charts next week. It's summer 17 or something. Oh, you're winding me up. You're joking. And it remained there for like 18 months. And it was going up and down the charts. By which time he had power and it went straight at number one. I'm like, what the fuck? Because you must know this yourself. You don't. You, you, you when have no you're idea. Doing, when you're doing something, you yeah. like it. Yeah. But when somebody goes, oh, fuck it, that's, a, that's all you need. Yeah. But when somebody comes and says, your album's in the charts and, you, and everything's going one way, and it was just- It doesn't humble. make sense. It's like you it's don't like, believe it. You don't believe it. It's surreal, it's, yeah. It's like, you can't accept it, you know. It's like, <laughs> why? Well, I didn't complain. I mean, things started to look up, and Sharon's father, one of the managers, then somebody else that worked for him, got us, and it was just- Everything was up and up, but we got ripped off royally mm. by management. I mean, badly. Do you remember I mean, the first time you did a show where people really liked oh, it? Oh, yeah. What I was mean, the first time they liked it? Like, like. We, t- we did a, a Jump Hill radio show. Oh, we hadn't even written, recorded the album or written the songs by that point. And people started, when the album got in the charts, it was like, we used to play at these underground clubs. 
Underground then was was underground. It was really underground. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. Because word of mouth. Yes. Saw Black Sabbath in the first one. We said, fuck TV. Yeah. Fuck doing this. We were, we, we were a people's band kind of thing. And back in England then, it was like doing Top of the Pops was a bad thing. But we all did it all eventually. And uh, it was just amazing. The first time we could Sabbath to this Sabbath. Then the drugs, the alcohol, the wives, the divorces, and all the trappings, you know. We found out the man who was ripping us off. We tried to manage ourselves. We yeah, a fucking clue. And the booze started to get heavy. I started to get drink more, and Bill started to drink more. And, and, and me and Bill and Tony and Goose, and we just got ugly. No, it didn't get ugly. It got, there was no fight. We, we, it was a band that we believed in what we were doing at first. And then we got really taken to the cleaners and we just thought what's the point and, I, I, and when they fired me I thought oh, Sharon's father was managing yet again <laughs> and I, I thought they said, we don't want you to be we get fucked up all the time and I've got to be honest at that point I just said oh, I'm done and it thought, sounds like it was already bad at that time anyway it was, it was, yeah, I mean, we ended up making music to pay our lawyers fees yeah and we all said to each other many times, well, what? Hey, we needed someone like Sharon or Sharon's father or somebody to come and say, hey, you need to dry yourself though, get your shit together and write something to tell us what we what was wrong because our egos were running the show in under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I, I just went to, I went in, I, I had a, they, Sharon's office, office got me a, 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 an apartment in West Nollett's La Parker, uh, Hotel. I thought I'd fucking last spling any money how, I got. How old were you at that time? I was about how old? 28, 30. 30, yeah. Mm. I thought I'd the last binge. So Sharon comes up with her and she goes, Listen, she goes, if you get yourself together, we want to manage you. Because I was thought, I thought no one wanted to manage me. I was just a singer. Yeah. Then I met Randy, and then, then another thing happened. Amazing. Like, oh. How do you meet Randy? A guy called Dynastrom from Slaughter. Remember that band? Yeah. Dynastrom was my original choice for a band. Sharon got me auditioning people. I'd never auditioned anybody in my life. I'd go, no, I don't like him. She goes, well, tell him. I go, no, you tell him. <laughs> Keep my points being in. <laughs> I could hit a woman. So um, Dynastrom, he got me all these guitar players. I was out to lunch all the time. I'm in my apartment one night. So I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring this one kid around. You got it. he's great. So I'm I'm, I'm three sheets to the wind and I'm, I'm in my apartment <laughs> and he comes in with this little guy who must have weighed 105 pounds wet. <laughs> I mean he was like like a woman, you know. <laughs> I said, fucking oh, you've got to be joking. He said, just hear me out. He's gonna come out down to my studio and I'm studio I'm working, hear him play. Yeah. I go out to the studio. I'm thinking I'm hallucinating. This kid comes in with his little lamp and blew my lights out. Wow. I mean, he was. And you knew right away. I mean, this kid was like. This kid was like someone else. Yeah. I was like, even in the fucked up state. So I was like, do you want a gig? <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And then he came to England and I was still married to my ex. And he just stayed with me, lived with me for a while. And, we wrote uh, Goodbye to Romance, the first time we ever wrote. Incredible. 
And my dad, he was like, he was like this. He wasn't like he didn't get paid. He wasn't a party. I mean, he was a true musician in the respect yes. that he wrote music, he taught music, and he would give the opening bands lessons on fucking finger tapping and what. But it was yeah, there again. It was the early time. Then we got successful, and the fucking lawsuit started. You know, greed. But you know, it's the for some reason I've been out of Sabbath now. 40 years, but it seems like <laughs> the time that I was with him seems longer than I've been out here. I don't know why that is. Yeah. It's just, so, it, it's such a, defi- it, it's such a defining band. But we don't, but when you're in it. Yes. You, look, you, 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 know, you, you love the adulation, you love the success. Yes. But you just go, because you did it. Yeah, you don't, you don't understand. Well, I tell you what, I'll never forget about working with you in that studio. Yes. You do this every time I'd sing. He'd go, Ozzy. I'd have to like nine times. He'd go, Ozzy, that was great. Just give me one more. <laughs> <laughs> I go, how can it be fucking <laughs> in that fucking box? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it turned out time. good. We made a good album. Oh, it was great. Number I love it. I love it. Was it. Great number one. <laughs> that was our first num- number one, Incredible. both solo. And be sober ever incredible in America. Amazing! It was like number one in thirteen countries. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I mean, so cool. The album was called Thirteen, number yeah. one in thirteen countries. How about that? Dang. Amazing. And you know, the first time I remember, the first time we talked about making the Black Sabbath yes, reunion, it was about nineteen eighty-two. Or so it was a very long time ago. In that place in in but on um, sunset. Yes, with my you old and house. that other guy, and we were sitting your your. Yes, I remember we sat in that room and all the members were there. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about doing it then. And now, then me and you had spoken that before. Before that, separately. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but for me, I, this was a big deal in my life. You came to my house one night before before that house, my first house in LA. You came late one night yes. after the rainbow. Yes. And we listened to Black Sabbath music until the sun came up and you performed a whole Black Sabbath performance for me in my living room. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because I never got to see Black Sabbath. Because you had already broken like, it, was like, it up. I, I, I remember you going, listen, <laughs> you got to make me a promise. If you ever get back with us, I said, no, no, it's not going to But listen, if you ever get back with the boys, Please let me produce an album. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you'd pop up at different places. Going, I like that song. I remember being in the studio room. I don't, I don't know what we were doing. But you came in, you went, oh, the extra tracks on the live album. You go, I like that. That one sucks. And walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I, I was, I kept going, Rick Room, he really wants to do an album. But yeah, it was fun doing that. It was fun. It was fun worked out. And it's funny that we talked about it like 15 or 20 years before and then finally it came to fruition. Do you know, I was, I was talking to Andrew the other day, my, this guy, I was just saying, yeah. Andrew, what? I said, you know something? I, I, I'm a believer in this. The amount of people on this planet and in a one lifetime, you'll only meet a certain amount. And things are meant to happen the way it's meant Absolutely. I'm a believer, I'm a strong believer. Me too. I mean, when when I when I was married to another woman, yes. I'd see Sharon and I'd go, I forget her. And I'd, I'd, she would 
I was always attracted to her. And it's amazing the way things turn out at the yeah. end of the Meant day. Meant to be. Meant to be. And you guys are in incredible together. Well, nobody else could put up with me. <laughs> I know, but uh, it's just incredible. I look over, that, look down that road, and the things that's happened, I just, I can't believe it sometimes. 71, and I'm, I just made another album. Amazing. So cool. The album's really good. It's amazing when it just comes together like that, isn't I mean, it? In a, in a month, I've done it's it. so great. We'll be back with more from Sharon and Ozzy after the break. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle-to-everything network T-Mobile's 5G network and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards see you there live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bob kids megan trainer bissell fuma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 dollars until now through may 14th Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Here's Ozzy and Rick listening to Straight to Hell, the first single off Ozzy's new album. That's great. Your, your voice is ever eternal. It's like, <laughs> it's unbelievable how much you sound like you all the time and how good it is. It's amazing. So exciting to hear. 
ordinary man, Elton's yeah. on this song. Let's hear it. How did that song come about? It just came out, the first song we ever wrote. It's so good. It's really good. You know, I was saying to someone recently, most of the best stuff I've ever done yeah. has came out of nowhere. Amazing. You sit there for weeks and weeks. You think you've got it, and all of a sudden something happens. I remember you telling me stories about the way Sabbath would write, where you would just jam and record I mean, what, the jams. What, what, what Sabbath would do was just jam, and we'd pick riffs out and just link them together. And I'd say, stick a vocal on that. It was, like, it was a good education because uh, a lot of kids have never heard of it. jam, you know. Well, it was a lot of fun, you know. Absolutely. Isn't it fun to make music? It's the best thing in the world. I don't, I don't know anything else. We've been doing, doing it 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're so lucky we get to do this. Oh, I mean. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't know where it came from, you know, but it's just, I ain't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I hear, also, I hear, like, some of the Beatle influence yeah, on the yeah. writing and the, the string parts. So cool. And it's, you sound, and you sound the same, which is what's so incredible. It's like, you sound so remarkably like you every time and oh. strong and fresh and all of the, there's so much energy in your voice. It's unbelievable. I, I just do, you I, just do it. I mean, there's no, nobody else in my family has ever been involved in music in any way. I've uh, come from five other siblings, two have died, but nobody's uh, got any musical. Jack, my son goes to me, Dad, he says, I like the Beatles, but I don't see what you go on about. And okay, it's like this. Imagine this, going to bed today in black and white and waking up in colour, that's what it was like. Yeah. And he goes, well, I still don't understand. I said, we in England were just, it was like 1960, whatever, early. And the war had ended 15 years ago, which ain't that long. Mm. And all of a sudden this band comes out, which swamped the play. Like, the last thing we had that much mass hysteria was Adolf Hitler in Germany. In Germany, they were like fucking huge. Do you remember the first time you heard them? Yeah, exactly. Tell I me. Know. I got a... Transit um, uh, transistor radio. Yes, and it was like then it was. Then they progressed to ghetto blasters. Like yes, right. yes. I'm walking down Powers in Minister. I'm about <laughs> fucking thirteen, and I'm leaning on the lamp and all this leaning on the lamppost and mm -hmm. fucking all these pub songs and what would be on the radio. Suddenly, she loves you comes on. I stopped and it was like I was awakened. Wow. It was like. Holy shit, I want Paul McCartney to marry my sister. <laughs> I mean, it was just fantastic for me. And it was, I loved them. I absolutely, my wedding, my uh, wall in my bedroom was covered in anything with the name on. And anytime and anything they put out, you would be, oh, you would get fucking, it immediately. Oh, and I, 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 I'd work delivering food, coal and whatever. Yes. And buy a Beatle record. I mean, it was fucking amazing. Which people go, you know, you do that to some people. No, I go, but the Beatles for me, were it? Other than the Beatles, were there other, who were the other things that really just lit you up musically? Uh, the, King, the Kings, you yeah. really got me. Right. Uh, Manfred Mann. Yeah. 
uh, this sounds real. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I mean, when we when we when I first heard them first two Zeppelin albums, it was unbelievable. Like I really were you were you already a band yet or not? Yes, but we were, we were about a hair's breadth behind them. That, I mean, when I heard that first Zeppelin album, yeah, one and two, yeah, I just. But after that, I kind of lost it with them. We were doing our own thing. I used to go drinking with Bonham a lot. Good guy. I never got to he's meet like him. He's like me. Every drunk. <laughs> Great when they're sober. When he's drunk, he's an asshole. You know, it's juice. I've been around you drunk. You you were never an asshole. Oh fuck! Oh. Not to not to me. I never. No, I no, never no. saw. I've seen you bad, but I've never no, seen no, you no, no. unpleasant to be around. I had my moments. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've had two wives. <laughs> no, but it's, it's I mean, I don't, I, was I a, don't know a job, another job. The more fucked up you turn up to a gig, I go, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be a good night. Is, which, I remember there was a story where one of you tried to kill the other. Which which was it? Oh. <laughs> that one. He tried to kill you? Yeah. Okay. How ser- How serious was it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Cool. He had a he had a blackout. Ozzy had uh, a blackout, uh, and and it was really really serious. But I knew something was happening because he'd been out of it for like a week, yeah. so it was a week of like experimenting with pills and alcohol, and yeah. he was just like on a roll. Yeah, and I you could feel it building. You knew something was going to happen, and. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. But then <laughs> then he was good. Had to go into treatment for six months. He was good. Yeah. And then he came out and got drunk again. <laughs> but you know that you know you know they go, Oh I tried rehab but it didn't work. You get it when you get it if you but you, if and if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. I don't to be honest with you, I have a problem walking without alcohol now. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I you know, if I if I was okay with it, I'd be still drinking. Yeah, but I got so fed up of feeling like crap without it. You know, yeah. and then I just I, I, I must have been in six or seven that rehabs, you know, three or four. I don't know, a few rehabs. About fifteen, and then I just stopped. Great. I'm just about nearly seven years now. Amazing! Congratulations. Well, our son is what I mean. 16 years? 17 years. Wow. He got sober at 17. Wow. Can you believe that? It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. He's a great One thing about him, I'll never never forget what he said to me. We had had a run. I said to him one day, it's a long time ago now. I said, what the fuck are you always complaining about? You've never wanted for a damn thing. Oh, what about her dad? That was a good fucking, I, I, and I just said, fuck, that's Jack, I'm so sorry. Because yeah. it's undeniable. Yeah. I was there, but not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what alcohol and drugs is. Yeah. Because you think physically you're there, but you're not there. Yeah. You might as well be back on the fucking road, you know. Mm. We'll be back with more from Ozzy Osbourne after the break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. 
Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer, So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle-to-everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We're back with more from Ozzy Osbourne. Any of the metal bands that you liked? Um, not really. Okay. Any any bands that came in the wake? Oh, I didn't mind Van Halen. They were good. I mean, that last Black Sabbath tour we did was really, we had been fighting each other, fighting the world, and they were going down so well. And I'd go, let's fucking get up there. It was... Kind of, we, we needed a break you from liked, each other. You loved ACDC. ACDC, oh, well, great. Yeah, for me, too, for me too. It's the Beatles and ACDC are like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Brian Scott was a great singer. Great, great. He, I mean, uh, Brian's all right, but I, I prefer Brian. Yeah. The highway to hell. The the rhythm section, the way those oh, guys play. Well, I mean. Well, I mean they opened up for Black Sabbath in 1971, I think. Wow. 
in Sydney, Australia. Wow. They were great. Them. Did you oh, know right, first time you saw him, you were like, you knew it was special? Oh, I mean, Angus was, to be honest, I thought it's a bit of a gimmick with a sash on the short pants. Yeah. But they, when but they the plane, toured, yeah, the, the, when they fucking, I mean, he's a guy, he didn't do all this, all behind the neck and all this fucking, he played meat and potatoes. Yeah. That's what I like about it. I mean, there ain't no one to touch Angus Young yeah. for that groove. Yeah. Down, you know, yeah. and you can bang your head all day and night and not get fed up. It's true. I mean, they work their asses off. But too, that you said about their rhythm section was brilliant. Yeah, you just never heard what? any. It's so the rhythm, the rhythm was so the rhythm strong. section. It was, it was always so danceable. Yeah, even in its. You know, I always used to say, I always used to say, to say, why don't we try and do a fucking danceable kind of because we have Mister Riffman. He could fucking come if he wanted to, but uh, they would, Sabbath would try and fuck things up. <laughs> what we would do if we're sending sound remotely commercial, we'd throw a spanner in the work. Yeah. <laughs> all these fucking words. The weird changes and the. That wasn't my copy. So I mean, yeah. and when they got Gerald Woodruff on keyboard, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> Me and Bill used to travel together on a GMC mobile home, which was, looking back, we had such a fucking blood. It was, it was like a fucking. <laughs> he'd get up every morning, he'd have a coffee, glass of milk, a glass of orange juice, and a beer. Every oh. morning. All together. Yeah, so I'd go, <laughs> Bill, oh, excuse me for asking you this. What's the deal? With all this, what's the bread every morning? He goes, well, the coffee wakes me up. The orange juice gives me a healthy. The milk puts a lining on my stomach, and the beer puts me back to sleep. <laughs> he had it all worked out. So you and you rode on the bus with Bill, and and he was your your travel partner. Yeah, yeah. And then would Geezer and Tony team up? No, that would be flying everywhere. Mm. You preferred Bill, the bus. Bill and I were like close, and when the, when the actual end came, they got him to fire me. I bother, were, you, were you surprised when they fired you? No. I, you know what? To be perfectly truthful to you, I'd lost it. Yeah. I just, I just, I mean, I just go, why do you have to fly halfway around the world to do nothing? Yeah. Isn't it? I, I mean, I just say, I, I, at one point I was going, well, Queen did this, this one did that. We should do it. And I said, and I said one day, I think we got a problem if the bands that we once influenced are now influencing us. Can we look at the way? And I wasn't any better than them. Oh, they were any better. I mean, it was just, we're like, we we, we needed rescuing, but we didn't yeah. trust anybody. I didn't yeah. want to do it anymore with them. I was bored with the concerts. I was bored with the recording. Yeah. I was being poor, bored with everything. I didn't, wasn't into it. Yeah. And I was, and I got, but the, the problem is, where do I go? Yeah. I thought, like, you've, you, you've had a life from where you come from. It's been up, you fly everywhere, you can yeah. great hotels. Yes. And and you, you know, I was thinking, if I've jumped, I'm done. Yeah. I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. And when Sharon came around and said, do you want to manage me? I was like, why does anybody want to manage me? I'm fucking, 
And then, lo and behold, it happened again. Amazing. And then, because when I was on my, doing my solo thing, yes, and we 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 I had uh, uh, after Randy Metallica, Metallica oh, yeah. was opening for me. I'd come past there just remember you know. I said, "Are they taking the piss out of me? Joking with me?" And I go, "Why?" And every time I come past there, I start playing Black Sabbath music. I go, no, they think you Black Sabbath are their heroes. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't think. I, I mean, people would come and start talking to me about Sabbath all the time. And I'd go, "You like that?" <laughs> and I got paranoid. I am and warpy. Yeah, and then. It took on its own thing, you know. Yeah. It got bigger than we did. Yes. Yeah. You know, it kind of like, it's just, it's just, it's kind of fair statement, the the myth of Black Sabbath. Yes. But we didn't really, I mean, Geese is a great, great lyricist. Amazing. He writes. And a great bass player. Oh, for Fantastic. Fuck. Nobody to touch him. He's yeah. fucking brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, the band, Bill in, Bill in his day was a great drummer. Yes. Tony, he's always going to be the yes. greatest. No one to touch him. And I, to this day, I still don't understand how he plays guitar because he's got no fingertips. Yeah. He plays with plastic fingers. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I've said to him time and time again, how do you know when you're hitting the strings? When you when you met him, had he already lost his yeah. fingers? It was school. How old was he? How old was he when he? I think he couldn't be much more than 16, 17. Uh-uh. And the doctor said, forget playing guitar. You'll never play again. Wow. And he's proved to wrong. <laughs> I mean, he did not only played again, he fucking become one of the world fucking best. Absolutely. I mean, there's a man who, uh, you know, when he got diagnosed with cancer, he went, right, what have I got to do? And he'll deal with it. That's what he's, that's him. Yeah. You can, I mean, I'm going, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and he's like, right, what do I have to do? Yeah. He's like, that. he's always been like, that. yeah. Very calm. He'd go, he's usually like, don't panic, you know. He was the band, really, and we were all part of the band. But he was the most irreplaceable one. Out of, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. I feel like it's the four. The four together is it's what makes like the Beatles, it. Isn't it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like you it, can replace. You can't Beatles replace Ringo. No. You can't replace no. any of them. You can't replace any of them. But you don't know that because you always think, oh, I can't play an instrument." Yeah. I'm as good as but you. it's often the it's not who's best it's the combination together that makes it's like it's like if you don't know it's like if you're cooking something it's not more garlic is better it's it's the recipe yes right but it's like you, you but you, you know you always think it's you that was cold in the band back because <laughs> i'm playing this when people say to me why did you always sing on the side of the stage i don't fucking know it's just i don't know it's just just Because Tony is one of the few people yeah. that could walk into this room right now yeah. and I would fucking feel intimidated. Wow. He intimidates the fuck out of me. Wow. And he knows it. Wow. But when on the album that we made last, I didn't get the feeling that there was any no, but heavy you know, feelings. You know, I got the impression, I don't know, what, I've never known this, but hmm. he had his friend with him. I, I don't know what the deal was with him, why he bought him. Remember that guy he bought out with him? can't remember. He was the guy who does his own work at home. I, I don't know. I mean, oh, his engineer, re- maybe? Producer, engineer. Yeah. Because he's one, he, 
He wants to fill every hole. Yeah. And that's what just what happens, you know. So when we first did the first album, we did it on two four-track machines. Yeah. Bounced over. Then we had eight track, then we had sixteen track, then we had thirty-two and so on. Yeah. But um, on that first album and half a paranoid, sometimes it was only done like four track. We didn't even dub it everything. We went on the first album, Bill's drums were in mono. Mm-hmm. And Geezer only just started playing bass not long ago. You know, he used to play rhythm in me in the, in the rare breed. But he just he just wanted to play with He's a great player. Great lyricist. And he was just, you know, I suppose in, in fair to say that the chemistry and the recipe was a good recipe. Absolutely. And the tone of your voice next to the next to the guitar next to Tony's guitar, that combination. I it's just amazing. Know. It just happened. It's like it's a miracle. I mean, I remember when we did uh, Volume Four, which was originally going to be called Snowblind. Oh, but the record. Well, Warner Brothers said it's too drug oriented. Oh. So now you get fucking I'd gladly call it. <laughs> I don't know how we used to do it. It's just mm. I've tried writing that formula with other bands. Yeah. It doesn't work. No, it's a, it, it's unique to that particular group of people. And it when as soon as you guys came here and started playing, it's so unremarkable. It's like remarkable how much it always sounds like Black Sabbath when you guys oh, are together. I mean, it's like you can't not sound like you could play a cover of someone else and it would still just sound like a Black Sabbath song, an original. Yeah, yeah. But the only sad thing about that album I did with you was Bill was wasn't uh, playing. We'd have been still doing the fucking album now. I mean, because it's funny because he almost was. I remember we rehearsed with him uh, uh, and he uh, was excited and then he sort of backed uh, away. uh, I mean, from the rip off days, he takes so much time over everything. And and Tony said to me one day, he says, You know, Bill's trouble. He still thinks everybody's going to rip him off, which I get. I mean, Sharon's my fucking, but I ain't no better than Bill. Or any of them. I'm, I'm lucky to have a wife that I, who's on my side. Yes. Because these fuckers, man, they'll come in, they'll give you all this bullshit, get, try, drive you around in a fucking flash car, show you a bit of money, and then, they, and then you can sue them and it takes you a fucking lifetime to win. Yeah. The lawyers win. Yeah. You, you, you lost your, your start and then you're fucked. And that's what they got. Sharon Father was a renowned fucking ripper. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I love my wife now. I mean, I've done some stupid things since I've been with my Sharon. But sometimes you go, she must love me. Yeah. And I must be lucky to have someone that does love me. Yes. Yeah. Well, he got stung for a lot of cash. But then again, I said to Bill Ward one day on the phone a lot while ago now, I said, you know what, you know, in a way, for me, as far as I was concerned, it was a blessing that I never got all that cash up front because I, with what cash I, I had, with what cash I had, I'd done a good job of nearly killing myself. Yeah. And you did, Bill. Yes. I went, yeah, you're right. We, I wouldn't be sitting there, and that's for sure. Yeah. If I had got all the millions and all up front, we would have been fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's all... Because money at the, I mean, you get kids from uh, fuck all one day yeah. and give them a million dollars. Fuck hell. Don't know what to do. 
Have you ever gone back to where you were one time and you go, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's like anytime I, anytime I happen to tap back in or see an old picture or something and I try to remember what that was like, it's like a different life. I know, it's like, well, where did I get there and from there? Okay, I mean, I, I was married. I had two children. I was done. I, I, you know, I'd got a house, mm -hmm. a car, mm -hmm. holidays, summer, a bit of cash, mm -hmm. drink when I wanted to, a bit of dope when I wanted to. So I thought that was it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I mean, now, look, I mean, life's an amazing journey. You never know what's going to come up, you know. No. I mean, this take this last year. Yes. I got up to go to the bathroom, fell on my face. And I'm I'm virtually crippled, so sleep gets better. Wow. And it's a probably I, I I snapped my well, did something to my spine. But then again, I've fallen downstairs. I've fallen out of windows. I've fucking <laughs> this and that. And it's something stupid like I'm for a piss and falling on your face in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's typical, though, isn't it? Yeah. Sod's law. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll tell you what, one, one, somebody once said to me, Ozzy, what was the best gift you ever had? And I'm thinking, Sharon bought me a watch. I was trying to think. And then it fucking hit me. Had my father not bought me a microphone, I wouldn't be here. Wow. My father bought me a PA. Yes. Went into debt for it and and bought me a microphone. And that's got me gigs. Yes, remarkable. I mean, and I, and I never repaid him because I was so fucking egoed out and I'm the king of the world for fucking 10 years. Mm. Then he passed away and my mom did it. So what I did, I, I well, I'll give my siblings bits of money here and there. But it does seem like it's it's meant to be. Like, I mean, I, I think my, my poor old dad, Went to work, come rain, come shine at nights for fucking as long as I can remember. And I, I never fucking crossed his palm at the end of it. I mean, he was still working. He was fucked up at the end of it. Must have, he must have been really, it, regardless of that, he must have been really proud of your success. Oh, I, so, I mean, I had so, to. Had to be. I, uh, before I got fired from service, I left for a short while. About a month or so, and I went went to the press. I was like, "I'm my dad was in hospital." And I said to him, "I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, I got so much to tell you." I left Black Sabbath. He went, "They're finished." <laughs> <laughs> so he always backed you. He was a good dad. It you know? sounds like it. Good, simple man. Yeah. He just—I mean, I only wish that I—I wish there was, you know, you know. Sometimes I'll go to, um, and like, okay, I wish he was here for me to have a chat like I'm talking to you now. Yes. I'd love to have a chat with him now. Yes. And somebody once said to me, he said, I, I never get on with my father, but he's on his deathbed. I, I don't know whether I should go and see him or not. I said, let me tell you something. Whether you got something nice or bad to say to him, yeah. do it now. Go because when up the road, he ain't here, you're going to kick, kick your butt forever. Just say what you got to say. Yeah. How's your relationship with Jack now? Oh, it's great. It's so great. Good. He's got three girls. He got married. He got Beautiful. fucking divorced. And I mean, 
I love him. I absolutely, I love my kids with Sharon. I go, go, they all take off me. They're all fucking, (laughs) I'm sponging off now. But they go, Dad, I go, what what is he? Yeah. You wait till your boy gets older. Yeah. Boys are cool. Yeah. (laughs) Girls will send you to a fucking lunatic. I'm not joking. Jack goes, what the fuck? Come on, we just got to fuck <laughs> Go on the shooting range or something. But Jack, he's a great father. He's yeah. a great, he's really hands-on dad, you know, yeah. which I wasn't so much. Yeah. Fucking hands-on me was to get me back to bed. <laughs> it's been great seeing you, Rick. Same, man. A pleasure always, and I hope to see you again soon. Sure, we'll, absolutely. Give we'll us a hang bell. out and listen to music. Thanks to Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne for stopping by Shangri-La to catch up with Rick. Ozzy's new album, Ordinary Man, is out now. And also be sure to check out Ozzy.com to keep up with the Osbournes. You can hear some of Ozzy's music by visiting BrokenRecordPodcast.com, where we have a playlist available for you to listen to. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell, Mia Lobel, and Leah Rose for Pushkin Industries. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Thanks for listening. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.